and hearing about lots of companies laying off lots and lots of people. So we wanted to do an episode on what to do if you're one of them, if you've been impacted. How do you deal with it? How do you build new skill set? What about networking? Is that for you? Uh, how do you build a safety net? What other things can you do if you've been laid off? And how to just process and deal with it and have a positive outlook. Live from San Francisco, it's The Good Time Show. And now your hosts, Artie and Sriram. Hello, everyone. We are doing something different here. Uh, we are not in our usual setup. Uh, and because we wanted to get out uh, this episode in a very, very timely fashion. And uh, so uh, welcome to our dinner table. And <laughs> what we wanted to talk about today was uh, really probably the biggest story in the technology world over the last week or so. Uh, in fact, probably an ongoing story over the last... Uh, uh, few weeks, yeah. Few weeks, couple of months, but I think uh, uh, with the news from Google uh, and uh, you know, and. Uh, and I think like Microsoft and Facebook, it's really picked up, which is essentially all these layoffs happening in the technology industry. So uh, I think the first question or the first theme is for a lot of folks working in technology, uh, we've been through many years of what seems like a boom period. We've been through many years, what do you want to call it? Low interest rate period, but layoffs seem unusual. So, uh, uh, you know, the first thing is just, I'm just kind of curious to get your take on uh, why do you think this is happening uh, um, what do you think is going to happen next? I mean, first of all, I, I don't think it's particularly unusual. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we worked in companies, in roles where we've seen layoffs across the board. I think when we worked at Microsoft 2008, uh, Microsoft in its 30 year plus history announced its first set of layoffs. But I will say this one feels a little different. Um, I think, uh, you know, there are a bunch of reasons to it and we should get to it. But one, it's just this spate of different tech companies doing layoffs one after the other. The second, uh, just the, the number of people impacted. Like you're looking at tens of thousands of jobs impacted per, you know, like a Google. It seems like a lot. It's not just like some redundancy, um, you know, layoffs. I think it feels a bit more severe than that. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, and yeah, I think uh, it's just cascading now. Like, you know, we started seeing first set of companies and then over the last few weeks, we've been hearing more and more. Now, pretty much every day you wake up and there is another company that's announcing it. Yeah, and, in, and, uh, and first of all, if, if you're watching this or listening to this and you've been impacted or you know somebody's been impacted, you know, uh, and I, I, we, we just feel very deeply for you. Uh, I would say, and this may be because of uh, our personal networks or the networks of our friends, uh, the ones from Meta, but I think especially the ones this week from Google, yeah. um, just seem to be a lot more impactful. And of course, we are talking about scales of tens of thousands of people. So all of these are impactful. But the one from Google, just in terms of measuring the conversation on Twitter, yeah. uh, uh, you know, the chatter on various groups and communities. We're in. The kind of people impacted, the, yeah. the number of years of tenure, mm -hmm. you know, you're looking at, you know, 10 plus years of work experience at Google, uh, folks like that being laid off. It just feels very different from what you would typically hear. Yeah, it's, 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 it's it's definitely unprecedented because yeah. uh, we've definitely seen somebody uh, or multiple people who have been at Google for over a decade. Mm -hmm. They are L7, L8, uh, which is sort of some of the most senior roles you can have uh, inside these tech companies. Uh, and they are 
VPs of product, VPs of engineering, uh, uh, directors, senior level, really, really senior people. Yeah. And I think that if you are in one of these companies, you're in one of these roles, um, and we used to be in some of these roles, if you've been there for 10 years, you've worked your way up, you sort of expect some level of stability. Mm. And, uh, and I think the shocking thing or the thing which has maybe taken people off guard is to see a lot of people who are really at the top of these companies suddenly, uh, you know, out there and, you know, um, they're out of a job, they're trying to figure out what's next because we haven't seen anything like this. We've yeah. seen layoffs, but it's often been for more junior roles. It's often been for um, uh, things which don't seem so core to these companies. But for example, I've seen uh, in the last week, some of the most senior execs from Google's ad organization, VPs of product, or uh, you know, um, you know, some other organizations, just things which feel core yeah. uh, being laid off, and that feels new. Yeah, so I mean, if if you've been impacted or you know people who are close to you who've been impacted, you know, just know, you know, I know that this is a hard time. We've been through this through the 2008 recession timeframe. It's tough, especially um, if you're an immigrant, mm -hmm. uh, you're on a visa here. It, it just exacerbates things a lot. Um, you know, you have a limited time frame to go find another role, another company, do the interview loop, get the stamping, like do the whole thing. So we get it. It's really, really, really hard. And so this time, like now, I think we want to talk about what can you do? Um, you know, what can you do if you've been laid off? What can you do if you're afraid, worried about it, anxious about it? Uh, and just like talk through it. I know this is not a silver bullet for, you know, the issues that you're seeing, but we thought we should just, you know, offer some advice based on our experience and be somewhat helpful. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and there's going to be, it's going to be really hard for a lot of people. So these are all things which are not going to be easy. And, uh, um, and you know, it, it might require some level of, you know, experimentation, iteration. But the first thing I would think about is uh, if you have been in one of these companies for many years, uh, you know, uh, or five years, seven years, uh, one of the uh, phenomenons I've seen often, and this happens in the fagging companies, is you get so sucked into that world mm. um, and all the internal dynamics of that. And this is good because you know you're focused on your job. You know it's a world you know in. But I've seen so many people, and I think I was one of them, where you're focused on your next promotion up. You're focused on that peer in the other organization who might have gotten promoted and you didn't. You're focused on you know how the internal reorg that is coming down the pipe is going to uh, impact you. And what I've often seen from uh, a lot of people inside these companies uh, is that they don't really look outside to the broader tech industry. Mm. And I think they, they don't look outside on a few levels. First, keeping abreast of what is really happening in technology mm. uh, quite deeply, um, building a network uh, yeah. outside of the companies they work in, which I think is a theme we want to get back to um, uh, later. But really just kind of being you know deep in Menlo Park, deep in Mountain View, deep in the campuses um, you know, or virtual campuses they work in. So I think the first thing, if you're impacted, is, uh, you know, I would say, you know, spend, give yourself a bunch of time. And of course, all of this, um, you know, everyone's individual personal situation is different. Uh, your economic situation, your life situation, uh, you know, you some of you may have more latitude than others. But I think the first thing is like, just give yourself some bit of time and really go explore 
what is happening in the technology industry. Mm. Um, um, and what I suggest is pick one or two spaces uh, that you seem uh, interested in. And spaces could be either uh, technology areas. For example, you're like, hey, I really want to get into crypto. I really want to get into AI. That could be one set of thing. The other way to think about it is in skill sets. Yeah. You're like, hey, I have been just a big company org manager PM for a long time. Yeah. That may not be a lot of big company org manager PM roles uh, out there. So maybe you slide into something slightly different. Maybe you pick up some IC PMing skills. Um, you know, maybe you, uh, uh, you, you, know, you, you focus on something else. But I would say that this is a time to build out new skill sets mm -hmm. in a few dimensions. That'd be probably step number one and probably doing that for a period of time. Yeah, I agree. I also think you kind of have to think about, as tough as this sounds, you kind of have to think about what brought you into technology in the first place. Like many years ago when you first got started, um, we all get so caught up in just the day-to-days of like doing the work that we're doing, the full-time job. And it's busy. Life is busy. There's no time to go, you know, pick up new skill set. You go, you know, read something, go write some code. But think about that moment when you really decided that tech was for you and you kind of wanted to get into this industry um, and think about what you would have done then like you know what skill set would you have like tried to go learn what other parallel things would you have picked up and kind of like don't lose sight of that because I think being curious about what else is out there is the thing that is going to always keep you current and kind of keep you employable I think and so uh, tech changes fast you know skill set uh, programming languages uh, tools that you're using um, a lot of these keep changing so it's kind of up to you to like keep at it and keep yeah. learning and picking up new skills yeah I, I think one mistake I think people might do, and again, you know, if you know, if you have to do this just because of where you're in life, uh, you know, you have to do this, is to try and find the next new role almost immediately. Mm. And I think that works against you in a few ways. First, it's just given the situation we are in, for a bunch more senior people, there may not be a lot of new roles available. Mm. Uh, uh, I can just tell you off the bat, you know, the number of, say, VP of product roles in, say, a late stage SaaS company is pretty finite. There's, you know, only a few of those, a lot of people are looking for those. Um, and so, there are a few of those available. The second part of it is there is an explore exploit phenomenon mm. where if you jump into the next thing almost immediately, you may be missing out on something better mm. that may show up a few months down the road. If you're giving yourself the time to go understand a new space, meet every single company, go make some network. So maybe one practical thing I would suggest uh, is give yourself a window of time, right? Uh, uh, we're doing this episode in January. Let's pick a date, let's say April, May, you know, some period of time, not too long, not too short. I think two to three months is a good period of time. I mean, we say this to startups, right? We say, you know, cut your burn, reduce your runway. I think for your individuals too, try and see if you can like cut back your personal uh, spend yeah. and personal burn and see if you can extend your personal runway. That just gives you more time and less pressure yeah. on yourself to go figure out what's next right away. Yeah, yeah, so give yourself some period of time, you know, your personal runway. The second is, uh, I highly recommend, you know, take out a notepad, pencil, pencil and paper, and say, I am going to go deep on a couple of things. And again, this could be an area of technology, this could be a role, um, and then map that out. So for example, let us say you want to really get into crypto, um, mm -hmm. you know, what I would suggest is go list out what are the most interesting companies in crypto. Mm -hmm. Go on Twitter, 
find out who are some of the most interesting people to go follow go to TechCrunch or you know or for you know whatever the industry specific um, publication may be for cryptography something like CoinDesk and see what are they writing about you know do this for a couple of days build a mental map of okay who are the what are kind of some of the key companies mm-hmm. what are kind of some of the key people what are people talking about yeah the next thing I would recommend is and again this is probably going to be fairly easy if you are a ex-Googler or ex-Meta person um, which is go meet people from those companies so that's the part i think it's a little bit controversial right i think part of it is i know you mean networking in like you know meeting meeting other people in your industry but networking in many companies is frowned upon mm-hmm. right um one you know there's just like bandwidth how much you can do like do you really can you spend the time to go meet people it's almost considered like why are they doing this? You know, right. you, they, they have this full-time job. They should be full-time focused on this. I've seen some specific big companies actively, um, you know, shun networking as such. Hey, don't go build your own personal brand. It works against what the big companies want to convey. You know, it's like one unified kind of uh, feeling of working at the company. So you standing out is almost just like frowned upon on the company. So how do you, how do you, trade this off between yeah. like what the company expects versus what is right for you yeah i think that the the latter part what we have found is that you know, for the people who you know who didn't network they're probably paying the price they're probably being punished right now uh in the silicon valley your network i think the, i meant to I think Reid Hoffman might have said this first. In Silicon Valley, your network is your worth, um, is sort of uh, some of the core assets you have. And one of the mistakes I see, you know, especially folks from Facebook or Google do again and again, is they never build a network. Hmm. They never meet anybody outside of these companies. And everything's fine for a few years until one day, you want to do something else outside mm-hmm. and or this week where you're forced to go look for something else outside and then you know no one you have no relationships and you are not at the front of the line uh, for whatever the next interesting role is and so then- so first of all you know this may be crying over spilt milk um and the first thing i would say if you're listening to this and you are in a fang company right i would suggest go there and meet people and you know we can talk later about how to actually maybe go do that um and uh, uh um because i do think it's a mistake if you're in one of these companies and you're not actively meeting new people outside of your company, maybe even outside of uh, the space you work on all the time. For the folks who are now out there looking for their next role, give us a period of time and then send LinkedIn messages, go get on Twitter, you know, build a small following, reply to people on Twitter and just get in the conversation start getting people's attention. And I guarantee just because of the fact that you work in some of these big tech companies or you have a profile, it's going to be fairly straightforward for you to get coffee meetings. And what it says is once you've kind of mapped out the space, go meet with one person from every single company, mm-hmm. figure out how the company is doing, figure out their perspective on where the space is headed um, and uh, you know who else you think they should meet. And I guarantee within a month, you would have, have a very good understanding, okay, who are the key people, who are the key companies, what is everyone talking about, what seems to be working, what isn't working. And then you're, if you want to do a job search, right, uh, one, you're going to be much better informed about this new space. Uh, you'd have a sense of whether you like it, um, you know, what is exciting to you. But more importantly, you know have a network, right? Mm-hmm. I bet in one of these coffee meetings, somebody, if they like you, they're going to say, hey, you 
we're looking for a role in X. Would, would you be interested in talking to this person? Or you should chat, is it that, that guy? And you're going to have some of these organic conversations happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to save you a better position. Also, even if that doesn't happen right now, maybe it's a year down the road, two years down the road, for the job after this one, you're going to be in a good position. So that would be my recommendation like for somebody to start doing off the bat now. I think that makes sense. Um, I think somebody asked us this when we asked for questions too. Um, what is networking? And uh, how do you network? I think we talked earlier about all the things that you shouldn't do while networking. I think it mentioned something like, you know, we've had people who'd been like, I'm here to network. This is kind of why I'm meeting you kind of thing. Um, what is networking? How do you define it? Yeah. First of all, never say I'm here to network. That's just a terrible phrase, right? It's like... Sure. Uh, but, you, you know, they've never done it before. They mean well. Yeah. Uh, they do really, you know, if you moved here for the first time, you remember how it was yeah. like a decade ago when we moved to Silicon Valley. We knew nobody here and uh, it's tough and it's intimidating and you want to like, you, you're, you're often told if you just put your head down and do the best work, you don't have to talk about what you've done. Good mm-hmm. things will happen to you. And it's taken us many years to realize that that is not true. Uh, if you're not going to go out there and speak for your own yourself and talk about your own work, nobody else is going to do it for you. And so I guess uh, you, you touched on this earlier, but what is networking? I think networking is very simply building relationships with people yeah. that you are not organically, directly uh, involved with. You don't work with them. And they're not your neighbor, um, um, but you're building relationships with them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think uh, the best kind of networking is one that is not transactional, mm-hmm. one that has no end goal in mind. You're not there just because you want to sell to them later. You're not there because you want a job from them later. You're just meeting them. You're trying to figure out how to offer uh, value. And uh, this is... When people ask me this, I think it's very dependent on where you are. I think that's the key part that you're like gliding on, offering value. I see a lot of people not think through that. The goal of networking is to not extract value right off the bat. I mean, it's great that that down the road, if it all happens, but you kind of sort of have to see it as positive sum. Mm -hmm. You want to help out people. You want to give them something. You basically want to be helpful to these people who are not connected to you who are not incentivized uh, to be connected to you yeah. and I think it kind of has to stem from that yeah I have a story here last week I was talking to this person and uh, I was encouraging this person this person needs to place uh, you know capital for something and I was encouraging them to go network and go build some relationships and this person said well I don't have time to schmooze um, mm-hmm. and you know and I was like well you know, what's happening is if you want something from this person, right, down the road, and you know, and your qualifications are not self-evident. For mm-hmm. a lot of people, they are not, right? If, if you are, say, uh, I don't know, Mark Zuckerberg starting his next company, uh, great, right? Like your qualifications are self-evident. They speak for themselves. You know, but yeah. most people, they are not. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're kind of good. You have something on LinkedIn. Some people say some good things, but they're not self-evident. And I think, you know, what you're doing is you're building relationship capital, mm-hmm. right? You're saying, okay, uh, here's me, um, you know, here's, you know, my morality, my ethics, my skill set. You're building a pattern 
over time. Mm. Um, and so when you do need something from them, and obviously you're not doing this with a golden retriever, but when you need something from them or they need something from you, and you know it could be a favor, it could be a reference, it could be like, hey, what do you think of this person or that right. product? Right. Like they have a, a reason to trust you. Uh, uh, they have, uh, you know, they know who you are and mm-hmm. uh, um, and how you work. Mm-hmm. And you're not just not, you know, some Joe Blow that, you know, is walking in off the street. So when I heard that, I was like, well, that's not smoothing. You're just building a relationship with somebody because otherwise, why should they want to work with you? And, yeah. um, and sometimes I think people get frustrated on this because they feel that, hey, what I do, um, what I bring to the table should be self-evident. Mm-hmm. I wish the world worked that way. It doesn't, mm-hmm. right? You might be the best engineer, um, but it is hard. I'm not, you know, I haven't spent years, uh, you know, as an right. engineering hiring manager looking through every single piece of line. Uh, of code you've written, the interview process highly flawed. But if I know you for four years and we've hung out a bit and I've seen you work and, um, I, I, you know, you've, you know, we worked on some side projects together or my friends really speak highly of you, that is so so much more signal, signal for me yeah. um and just by human nature i'm going to try and do you a favor yeah especially i think i've seen this in startups um like some of the best people i've hired or um i've had my friends their startups hire when we went through yc and beyond we're all through this mm-hmm. it's all you know as a startup one you're like incredibly under-resourced uh, so you're not like hiring a recruiter and going through like some big recruiting process. You're kind of like tapping your network and asking, do you know a uh, head of sales? Or, you know, that's kind of how you're like approaching it. So the network becomes really important there. And then I think the second thing with startups is everyone's so busy. Like when you're so scrappy and you're, when you're super small, you don't have time to like look around you know look through like who's the best engineer all of that i think for you you kind of like you have this like circle of other founders and you kind of like do you know somebody who could fit this profile this is a role that i'm looking for so i mean if you're particularly interested in working at a startup you really uh, i mean we can speak for silicon valley but i feel like this is true pretty much anywhere you kind of have to build that that density of network Mm -hmm. where People in the circles where you're hoping to get hired into should know who you are. And uh, you can't just exist in your own void and hope to get discovered magically. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. By the way, I I would be, you know, I bet that a lot of folks at Facebook or Google um, who have not met a single person outside of that company for the last year. Uh, Yeah, I believe that. And look, I've been there. And one, things are busy, but that's not an excuse. I know. But Two, I do think, you know, some companies don't really like you doing that. Like, you know, just meeting other people, building your brand. It's just like culturally, it's just looked down upon. Um, And it doesn't work for the company, but it might, it works for you. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to think about the trade-offs there. And I think there is such a thing as like over-networking, over-zealously putting yourself out there. Yeah, we all know those people who show up at every single mixer or conference and you're like, what are you doing? What do you actually work on? Um, But I don't think this, I think there's a little bit of an agent problem between the companies and you, because in some ways the companies are incentivized to, and I think this is sometimes very short-sighted, to have you not build relationships outside because... Mm -hmm you know, perhaps the less people you know, the more you're spending, you know, on your day job, the more focused you are. I do think it's a little bit short-sighted. Mm-hmm. What I've seen is the stronger network people, one, they are magnets of talent. Yeah. So, you know, you can attract talent in um, uh, uh, good times. 
Plus, you're not actually going to save somebody and keep them at your company uh, when, uh, you know, if they really are unhappy. And most importantly, when something like this happens, where somebody's worked up for you for 10 years is suddenly out looking for something else, it really hurts them because yeah. they don't have this relationship. Okay, so maybe one thing we should get on is like, how do you actually go build a network, right? Because it seems like such a, uh, a scary So uh, take it back to 10, 11 years ago when we yeah. first came to the Bay Area, to San Francisco, how did we network? Well, it's hard. You need to find some initial entry points. So let's say, for example, you are a late 20s, early 30s person, uh, you know, and you want to figure this out. Uh, the first place to look for, uh, I would say, is the people you already know. So mm -hmm. we, for example, ping the one or two people uh, that we knew. Uh, I, I don't, I, if Jacob Mullins, uh, you know, is looking at yeah. this, he's probably the first person I ever met uh, uh, here, and he invited us some few parties. But start with people you know, and that is going to be people from your school or people from your existing workplace, and ask them, hey. Who are people that you know that I should be talking to? Mm -hmm. So the reason you want to do that is you're going to start with a really warm introduction. You're going to start with people who already know you, can hopefully vouch for you. And warm introduction, which is somebody actually says, hey, speak to X. I know this person uh, are the best. So start there, yeah. right? Um, and who do you want to ask to meet? So I would suggest it kind of depends on what you're looking for. If for some people are like, hey, I've spent a lot of time at big companies. I want to look for startups. You should be like, hey, who do you know in the startup world? Everybody in Silicon Valley is one node away from a VC, right? Mm, Trust me, yeah. VCs are everywhere, right? Yeah. Everybody's and, just and a lot of VCs have recruiting arms, and I think it is, you know, it's good to know them too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I, the recruiting arms even sometimes even come later, I would say. Mm. But just meet the VCs, right? And I bet you know everybody in you know any interesting tech company is one node away from some venture capitalist, uh, uh, you, you know. So go. You know, either you want to meet a VC or you want to meet somebody in the startup world, go start with your existing network. Mm -hmm. uh, I think step two is, uh, you know, once you know what you want to actually, you know, what space you want to go look at, go through LinkedIn, go through TechCrunch, etc. I am a big fan of writing cold emails and cold LinkedIn messages. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's a little harder if you don't have an existing, uh, um, you know, set of credibility. Like, for example, you know, if you're not, say, an existing Googler or Facebooker, uh, it's going to be a little harder. Um, but Send a cold email. Send a uh, uh, send a LinkedIn message saying, "I am so and so. I worked on X. I would love to uh, you know chat sometime. Everybody's going to meet you because everyone's uh, always looking for talent." The third, and I say this is the part which most people don't do, is the more you put yourself out there, mm -hmm. especially on Twitter or on social media, um, it could be writing, uh, it could be GitHub if you are a coder. Uh, people will come find you. I was going to say you. It's something that uh, you've done a really good job of, which is to put yourself out there online, like, you know, having a presence online, uh, writing, you know, thoughtful tweets, uh, having a point of view, writing. You did a lot of writing through the years on, you know, your thoughts on tech industry, your thoughts on a particular technology. Mm -hmm. um, if you wrote a piece of code, you would put it out there. And I think that was really helpful because you made a lot of connections in it totally serendipitous way and you know many years later I think they turned out to be like really helpful for you too as you like figured out Twitter and even like you know your VC role um, so I think it, it's something that most people don't do which is to like as much as you do networking in like a physical presence and physical setting like attend the right mixers and stuff 
building an online identity and an online yeah. brand i think is really important too yeah it's really important it takes a while so if you're starting now it may be a little hard but i'd say get on twitter start writing write a blog post or substack or youtube doesn't matter or github if you're writing code right. uh, that's key the other sort of set of people i would really find is people you used to work with i think one mistake people often do is they don't keep in touch with ex coworkers right. um and these are people who have moved on working somebody uh, some other company they're all looking for talent uh, uh they all know you but they're not in part of your current situation they are another great source of people to keep in um touch with so if you've been impacted by layoffs i mean if you just do this for a, you know a period of time i and you do it in a targeted fashion where you're going after a couple of spaces uh, or some skill set i guarantee you that you after a couple of months you're going to have a map of okay what is happening who's hiring who's good who's actually terrible uh, and you'll be uh, well positioned now just going forward um, you know i think a network is is kind of uh, uh, something you need to constantly invest in like when when you first came to silicon valley there was a, somebody told us it's a leaky bucket or right? you need to kind of keep filling it up yeah. otherwise it just yeah. leaks out uh, and so you have to constantly keep investing in it and i think that that needs to happen in two dimensions one is you need to keep meeting new people um if you're not meeting one or two new people every couple of weeks you're doing something wrong um in any job the second part of it is you need to stay connected to the people you already met mm. i can't count how many people make this mistake mm. they meet somebody you have an amazing coffee conversation with them you send an email say great chatting we should work together do something and then nothing and you go a year you go two years and before you know it is like hey oh, yeah i met you like a couple of years ago whatever happened so don't be that person find a way to reconnect and that could be as simple as simple as maybe your lady say hey just want to check in it's been a year want to see how things are etc that could be number one um number two is uh you know if they, if they are in the news something happened just offer them something offer value offer yeah. value which yeah. is i think the final part maybe the most interesting which is um i think another common mistake uh people make is they would just send an email uh, or dm and say i want to meet you uh, it's really hard i think to go meet busy people through just that of course if you stand out your resume stands out your work product stands out you can but i think if you just offer value and that could be as simple as hey somebody wrote this i think you should check it out uh, for, uh, i read i wrote this. this you should check it out even better so yeah. much better if it's you wrote it right yeah. uh, uh, or you know what if you like somebody you know people used to get meetings by saying like oh um, you know i here's a product strategy for your company i mm. guarantee you by the way if you're a product person and you send a email or a write a medium post like this is a strategy this company should follow I so, will bet you a lot of money that the CEO and the VPs of product will read that piece and somebody will meet you. Um, yeah. Yeah, that is going to be a thing. So yeah. some combination, all of that. I also think uh, you know we've been talking about everything in the context of layoffs, and even if you haven't been laid off, this hasn't like quite impacted you. Start doing these now. Uh, just don't wait. Don't wait for some like big event, or don't wait until. you always kind of tell yourself you know when i go to this other job when i move cities when i have some like life event like you will start doing this mm-hmm. there's just going to be no perfect time this stuff is hard like networking is really hard especially if you're like so used to just being in your space in your world and just being heads down it's very hard to get out of your comfort zone either mm-hmm. online or offline you just have to start you just have to like set yourself some goal some checkpoint okay this week i'm going to send out x number of emails i am going to tweet whatever yeah. i'm going to like write some piece i'm going to this space i've always been interested in i'm going to write a piece of code and put it out there like set some small milestones goals for yourself like don't wait for some like big event like a layoff or something for you to feel like oh my god this is it or like yeah. you know for some big cat- big change to yeah. happen Okay, here's a fun part. Uh maybe we can go deeper in networking, which is uh okay. You send an email whatever, somebody wants to meet you for coffee. 
I get this question a lot. What do you do in the coffee meeting? Oh, interesting. Um, Where do you meet them? What's well, it, it really depends. I've had, you know, I've gone to, if it is another startup founder, I would probably go, you know, I've, done, I've gone to their office mm-hmm. uh, and said like, you know, I just want to be, I want to keep things as convenient as possible for them, as low friction as possible. So, you know, either like where they suggest or their office, whatever. So I just keep things simple because you're the one asking for this. They're giving you their time. So the least you can do is just be there, show up. Yeah. By the way, the good thing about that is you also get the vibe of that place, especially yeah. if you're thinking of someday working there. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you like over the years, I've been to so many offices and you can immediately tell, like, okay, do I want to work in this place? Do you want to hang out in this yeah, place? Yeah. You can yeah. tell the culture of a place uh, very, very quickly. So uh, these days I, I do a lot of Zooms. Yeah. But back in the day, I would, I, I used to do a lot more like going to a Facebook campus when I worked there or Stripe or whatever. I, and I would look at the vibe and you yeah. can tell a lot about the company. I mean, um, I'm a sucker for startup office spaces. Like mm-hmm. the scrappier, the better. I get really excited and energized by it. I think Paul Graham, PG, uh, talked about how he would go to different startup offices and the the energy level, like it's just humming with energy and everyone's just buzzing about, building stuff, yelling. There's just like some momentum and energy and I love that. So I always prefer to show up in their workspace. Yeah. Um, that's always good. It really depends on who you're meeting and what they're suggesting. I think that's one. Um, how? What do you do? What do you do in the meeting? If it is another founder, I would talk about, I, I want to demonstrate that I know what I'm talking about. Um, and that I know what they're building, I know what their product is, mm-hmm. I know who their customers are. Part of it is like, you want to be legitimate when you walk through the door. You don't want them to ever feel like, oh my God, what a waste. Like I'm spending this 30 minutes, such it's, a random it's, it's thing. It's probably 60 minutes and you're stuck. Yeah, and, and you know, like you don't you don't want to be on the other side of it. If you were them, would you want another like random person walking in and just wasting your time? Especially if you're like a founder, you have limited bandwidth. Yeah. And so kind of demonstrate value, usefulness, showcase that you're legitimate, that you know what they're doing. Um, you can like you can also like that's a great way like most founders love people who come in and talk about their product and uh, you know there is nothing they like more in the world than somebody else being like I use this product this is what I love about it here are like you know oh these other people are other customers of your product this is how I've been using it have you considered doing this other thing just offer value and be energetic yeah, and be I, positive. I, I, I think energy, passion uh, is super important. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're looking for a job or not, just in any context. Yeah. Uh, because that's what pe- people will really remember how you made them feel. feel yeah. uh, the other thing I like to do in a bunch of these conversations uh, is uh, ask them who else should you be talking to? Mm-hmm. And this actually helps you in a couple of ways. One, you get to meet more people. Uh, second is if somebody's name comes up a lot, you get a sense like that person is, is interesting. They do a lot of good work. Mm. Whatever reason, if somebody name get mentioned three, four times, you know, like that person's very interesting node in the graph and you should pay attention to them. So those are the things I do. And if you start now, I guarantee you that within a month or two, you'd have like a a, a small but growing active network. Between yeah. that, between doing the thing on, um, say, building a social media presence is going to help you. Okay, so I think that's, uh, networking. That's a lot of networking. Um, some people are going to listen to this and be like, okay, well, you know, outside of networking. What else can you yeah, do? Okay. So talk about consulting. Yeah, I mean, if you got laid off, you, you know, especially if it's like five years, 10 years at a company, you've been working there, you clearly have skill set. You know, these companies all hire really smart people, right? And so 
you have skill set that are marketable that are monetizable so maybe instead of looking for a full time job when there are just not that many openings right now for full time roles mm-hmm. maybe you can consult um maybe you can just put yourself in consulting i mean one is obviously it pays and you it's a very different kind of um structure and work ethic and everything else but it pays but the other part of it consulting could also be a great way to network as such okay. because you you have to in, in the world of consulting you have to put yourself out there um you know you have to like work with a few companies or work with a few individuals you kind of constantly have to market your skill set it builds this muscle for you to work with a different set of people than your existing full time job yeah. or the one that you've been laid off of so it it might not be an option for everyone but i'm willing to bet that if you've kind of looked at your own world of people in your own space you will find people who are consulting yeah now it, i think when i first heard about this you know a lot of us in tech have a career where we never consulted yeah and you basically go from one w2 employment full time employment to another and you join and you get you know a paycheck you get rsus and that's the path so consulting feels like this other thing yeah. um and so it is going to feel different so i think consulting like arthi said checks a bunch of boxes uh the first one is it lets you try something with low downside so you can be like hey i'm going to try this out for a month or two and i can just quit it's fine you get out multiple things at the same time um but to get more practical uh i think what consulting is it's uh you know it's a way to low cost low downside on both sides try something out yeah. so one is for you and the other is for say you know the founder of the cdc company or the viva product because yeah like well i don't have to you know hire this person then it won't work out it's going to be a pip it's going to take this multi month process and it's going to be a pain you be like i'm going to try this out for a month so the first practical question a lot of people want to have is like how do i actually even do do this and i think the easiest answer is like you just have to go ask uh, what i would suggest is if you're meeting somebody and you have a conversation with them or a company that you really want to join um and they are like hey we love to do something but we don't have a role or we're figuring it out say something like look i would like to come in and just consult with you folks for let's say a month or two um you know charge some super you know easy nominal kind nominal of whatever rate so just uh, um and obviously you know it, 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 it varies, depends yeah. on your life situation but just make like a no brainer for uh, the other folks it is often cheaper because they they don't have to pay a lot of things uh, for a consultant and say look i'll come in 2 3 days a week i'll be in your meetings i'll be in your slack channels i will produce x y and z maybe it is a bunch of mockups maybe it is a deck maybe it's some code doesn't really matter um and and i think th- the secret is you have to do it and be like give me something which i can do in like a 2 to 3 month time span yeah, yeah. Uh, because it has to be something concrete you have to be able to deliver it uh but if you find that uh and i bet a lot of companies have something which they want somebody to take a take on for 2 3 months what i bet is by the end of it within a month you've made some friends you understand how the company works you put in some progress uh and you can at the end of it you can say great this is great not for me and you can move off but often it's sort of an entry path where people are like well this person's great let's mm-hmm. find a way to keep them full time and it opens up all these conversations yeah i think that's absolutely right i also think um for you as a person who's consulting um you can kind of test out different environments too like especially if you've always only worked at big companies and you're very curious about startups but you don't really know where to start you're worried about how risky it is or if the environment is not great for you you can go consult oh, yeah. and uh 
that's a great way for you to put like one foot in the door and kind of see if this is for you and it might not be for you but at least you learn without having to commit full time and then you know just you know you you kind of get in full time do this couple months and you're like oh no i made a mistake so mm-hmm. you can kind of save yourself all that like grief and kind of just go consult and see if this is a right fit for you like can be different work environments different uh, size of companies kind of co-workers remote versus in person like you know whatever is like the thing that you want to go test out you can test it out through consulting i think that's like one easy effective way for you to go test things out i think that's one two i think um, it's also a way for you to like go learn complementary skill set uh, like you're if you're like i can offer this but i've always wondered how you know a vp of sales works mm-hmm. or something of that sort um it's kind of easier for you to be like i am going to do this two days a week three days a week whatever time frame hours have a tangible project but work with somebody who you want to pick up some other skill set from from yeah. a for a short period of time and i think um you will learn a lot in a very short period of time because i think one thing about consulting is the projects are scoped uh, they have an uh, a timeline and it's very tangible and you kind of have to be done within that window so whether you like it or not you only have that like limited time frame for you to go figure out um, you know how to go make an impact how to add value and all of that so you just end up doing a lot of things faster quicker and just learning a lot there in the process so if it's something that is available to you in your in your world in your industry um, you should give it a shot um it may not be for everyone I, i know a few people who you know just do not like consulting because mm-hmm. it's like it's a different dna it's a different way of thinking about projects and deliverables and all of that some people really like the full time nature of things um the stability of it but if you are willing to take some risk it you should probably go give consulting a shot yeah and and as we were starters by the way one thing i found was when i was taking a break between some previous jobs was a lot of sort of don't have you know a lot of pms or very few pms and they need help mm. um and if you're like a big company person you're like hey i'm going to come in i'm going to set up some process etc they'll love it um and they'll want because you know they'll take you know they'll take all the help they can get and people's often the concern if you're like hey i'm for minimal cost minimal downs and i'm going to come in and help you it's such a great way for you to like your point understand startups understand the world and for them to get to know you and good things will wind up happening right maybe they don't have a job but they might have somebody else who has a job or you get to know them good things will wind up happening now a lot of people might listen to this and go well that doesn't help me and get a job right away i get it but i would i think doing some of these things the networking piece the consulting piece while that doesn't seem like a linear path to getting your next role often lead to much better outcomes than what people do is they start being a bunch of recruiters and they say i'm going to put myself in a bunch of interview processes they stack the calendar one interview after another yeah. um and that sometimes leads to one there are not a lot of roles in maybe senior levels people looking for b it's often a local maxima while the network/consulting piece often leads to much better outcomes yeah i agree i also think layoffs or if you've been laid off it's really hard um the, you're putting yourself under so much pressure already you also you know we should have said this right up front but you being laid off doesn't mean you're bad person or you're a poor performer or whatever like companies lay off for all do lay off for all kinds of reasons so there's already mental pressure on you uh and you're probably not feeling great about yourself mm-hmm. so the last thing you want to do is like take you know that that energy and put it out there in interviews yeah. it's just you know just give yourself some time and uh give yourself a little bit of time to just like recoup a bit because you want to put yourself out there when you're feeling good about yourself and feeling good about your skill set so we know this is hard um 
but you know one thing we'll say is like this stuff happens it's not the end of the world um give yourself runway personal runway i think is the single most important thing you can do for yourself which means you'll buy yourself a little bit of time to just figure out what's next for you and think straight and think clearly about it because don't act under pressure don't ping recruiters and get on loops the companies um most companies are not really looking actively looking for roles and the few that are out there they're probably getting hit with a lot of resumes and so you just you don't want to be in that person in that position right now so just give yourself as much time as you possibly can yeah and uh, maybe this may be a good note to kind of wrap things up a little bit you know on the topic of just the layoffs which is there's probably going to be more um and there's probably going to be a rough year and i think it's probably a good time to just let things settle and really figure out okay if you spend 10 years in one of these big companies learn new skill set learn new domains yeah. and then you know let the tech industry settle down a little bit and then set yourself on a good path and for a lot of people you know it's one of the things where they you know i've seen people make these amazing career jumps and transitions out of something which was very unpleasant right uh, they got fired they got terminated they yeah. got laid off and of course very painful to them and their families and loved ones and everything but then they were forced into a thing of a different path and that path wound up working a lot better and so and also i think uh some of the best startups we know today came through the previous recession cycle like 2008 2009 yeah um a lot of them came from that and uh, and so i think if you've ever considered you know hey i want to go start a company i want to think about starting a startup this might actually be a good time for you to think through it because you know like people are being there's a lot of good ideas out there um if you are a good operator you're always in demand uh you know startups always need people like you and so i think this might just be a good time for you to like go out there and see if startups are for you yeah um and if you're a startup founder great time to obviously go look for talent now of course you know i think you kind of have to figure out hey um how many people can actually adapt to startup cultures uh, uh because it's definitely a phenomenon where i've seen where some people have been in big companies so long that they may not be adapted to the culture of startup but there's some great talent i know which is out there looking for roles across all kinds of different functions be they product engineering design um etc so if you're a startup founder that was a great time to go uh, go out looking for talent who may otherwise have been very hard to get Yeah I think one final note is that if you've been affected by layoffs or you have other advice you know obviously we've been through this before but we are clearly like not the only we this these might not be the only things that are worth doing or considering doing so if you have good advice uh that you think other people should read leave us a comment um or you know reach us out reach out to us on twitter or anywhere else some of the best uh constructive advice uh criticisms all of that comes from just people leaving comments for us so mm-hmm. just let us know you're also going to help the fellow community set of people who are like listening to this episode so they can read it too yeah. um so if there's go- other advice that we might have missed out just let us know yeah and uh, best of luck i know it's hard but uh best of luck to everybody and uh you know reach out to us thank you thank you live from san francisco it's the good time show and now your hosts Artie and Sriram. <laughs>